Hey everyone, it's Mallow, your host of Identico After Dark and the creative director here for Identico. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by Gamers Heaven and their newest location just north of Seattle, Washington. There, in a family-friendly and welcoming environment, you can play tabletop or video games, read manga, or just relax with friends and sample some amazing drinks from their boba tea bar. If you want to learn more, log on to GamersHeavenSeattle.com to see hours and location. Now let's get on with the show. Hello, Fringers. The following podcast may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. Go. I already ran the second. Oh, that's how mind. we do. That's how we do. We, we go very quickly here. We do a lot of things in a very short amount of time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Identico After Dark. My name is Mallow. I am, of course, joined by my co-conspirator, uh, seemingly for life, Alex, uh, aka Alex the Humanoid. How you doing, buddy? It's been a it's been a week, man. I tell you what. <sighs> Gee, uh, uh, why why has it been a week, Alex? What 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 awesome thing has happened this week uh, that you would like to talk to the folks at home about tonight? So the bigger announcements came out this weekend. We had kind of quietly announced it before. Now the big announcements are out. Um, we are going to be opening a game store. Not Sean and I, but Sean and our, myself and our friend Phil. Um, on the north side of Seattle in Linwood, I'm not giving out exact addresses yet because the franchise we're working with, man, when that guy came to Seattle, some of y'all like went to the spots that he was at. And so <laughs> as much as we love you all, we don't need people showing up at the store before we're open. Um, so we are getting ready to sign a lease. We finally got through that whole lovely process. I'm waiting for some final approvals on lending. And so that's all coming next 24 48 hours and so we will again continue to update everybody yes we are going to continue to produce identico that's not going away the stores are is going to carry identico we want to run some organized play for identico in the store we already got plans for that so worry not about that but um Sean and I have talked about a long for a long time about kind of some of the issues we've seen in the gaming industry, and this was an opportunity um, after I left corporate hellscape earlier this year that came up, and I said it's time to not just attack it from the publisher side, but from the retail side, and you know found some decent partners out in Philadelphia who have a good concept out there. So I said hopefully I'll be able to get official opening dates but we're hoping within the next 45 to 60 days we'll be open and ready to go you can find us on a lot of the things we'll have a twitch channel here and we'll get you more on that later that's gh north seattle and then on twitter if you go follow my page you'll see a bunch of stuff look for the big octopus logo so it's an octopus um, gobbling up a d-pad how cool yes. is that we're you gotta to love eat, it eat all of it i'm not gonna have video games we want to do more, right? Yeah. A lot of the stuff, and those of you who are in the Seattle area, you know that a lot of the stores around here are hyper-focused on tabletop games. That's not going to be us. We love all aspects of the fandoms, right? So we're going to have video games and anime and all kinds of fun shit to do. So we really hope that everybody uh, is enjoying that um, and that everybody will be happy. Yeah. Are you allowed to say the name? Yes. Pimp the name. Huh? Pimp the name. It is Gamers Heaven uh, 
Seattle North. That is where it's going to be. It's Gamers Heaven. Uh, if you go to gamersheaven.life, that's the parent company. Um, you'll also see our logo there under the locations. I said we'll be announcing the actual address in a few weeks. Um, but we do have a spot picked out in Linwood, not far from the Alderwood Mall. That's the kind of the most I want to give you right now. <laughs> a little less than a mile from the Alderwood Mall. It's within, so. it's within walking distance of several major things, let's put it that way. So if you, yes. even if you don't have a car in in this uh, portion of the, actually, if you don't have a car in the Seattle area, you'll be able to get to this place. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the beauty of it. Especially uh, once that fancy new light rail station opens up. Yeah. So we're pretty close to that too. Well, we got, we just got a station opened up uh, here recently to get yep. to the Kraken, which is playing into the theme of everything and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm very excited for it. I, uh, you know, there's Alex and I have talked about a lot of things that we're going to do in this gaming industry before we're done. Uh, and this is one of them. And so uh, I can't be more excited for this this entire concept. So, uh, yeah, look look out for a few more. Go follow him on Twitter, uh, TikTok. Uh, Alex is on TikTok, TikTok way more than I am. So go follow him yes, over there. You can find me, uh, Alex the Humanoid, on TikTok too. Yeah. So go follow I'm him all over there. He'll talk Dune about a shit. Lot. Not Dune. I'm talking about the new Foundation series a lot there. That's yeah, he's doing a whole like... Foundation series and stuff like that. I haven't watched a bit of it, so you're not going to get any reaction videos out of me on that one just yet. But we are going to go see Dune, I think, together. And maybe we'll have one of our chat streams about Dune and how that came off and stuff like that. Because uh, there's, some, there's some fun stuff that's going to happen there. So you were looking puzzled there for a second. Yes. Um, we're... The, the lovely thing that all of you need to know, and this is something, and actually this kind of relates to Identico a lot, because for a lot of the production of Identico, Sean and I both had very, very demanding day jobs. Sean still has a very demanding day job. Uh, consequently, uh, we are, uh, I'm always like three locations at once. Having discussions <laughs> while we are all on stream. So it's good. Focus, Strag, who's in the chat Focus. right now. I'm going to shout out your state, uh, your game store. If you guys are down on the south end near Olympia, Strag has a store out in Shelton. I've been there. It's cozy. It's nice. Go see his store. Uh, it is the, it used to be the play live. Now it's something else. It's Strag, put, your, put it in the chat. We'll call put it, it out. Put it in the chat. Yeah. Okay. Um, and put the address there. So if people are on the south end, they can go see that one too. Um, I don't think you can have enough game stores in the world. KMR Gaming, thank you. So that's KMR Gaming in Shelton. Go check out his store too. Uh, he was one of the early, early, early boosters for Identico and has been running one of the most consistent Identico campaigns basically ever for I think three or four years now. So um, Sean and I have gone down there to visit a couple times in Olympia and Shelton and we always get a super warm welcome down there. Yes, absolutely. In fact, um, there's a there's a Facebook page for it right there. I think that's the correct one. Uh, if it looks correct, Shelton. Yes, maybe. Is that the right one? Did I do the right one? Please tell me I did the right one. I think that is the right one. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, they have Open Identico. Uh, okay, it is the right one. Sweet. Thank you. Uh, they have Open Identico games every Friday night. Looks like too. Uh, and he says all are welcome in giant caps. So there you go. Tim says holla. Hey, Tim. 
Hi, Tim. Tim, also uh, a store owner and also a uh, huge uh, backer of Identico from back in the day. Yes. A lot of us met at NorwestCon, and you'll hear us talk about NorwestCon and our love for that com that that convention all the time. Um, I can't wait to get back out to conventions. This year still wasn't the right time. I know a few people have gone to like uh, Origins and Gen Con and some others like that. Um, but I think that you know, and hopefully next year as we get back to it, we'll be back into the cons and stuff like that because. Uh, boy, do I miss seeing people and playing games in person. I don't mind talking into a microphone for a living, but damn if I miss actually rolling dice at a table with people. I, I tell you that. this What you can't see off screen is like my whole GM setup and stuff like that from the ACS crew still. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been crazy, so. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh that's exciting we're gonna have a lot of stuff because the so the thing about it the thing that we've got going with a lot of these kind of things is um community and and that's one of the things that we have always been striving for a lot when it comes to identico the the first thing we ever put out uh from identico was a set of short stories uh mm -hmm. that for lack of a better term was community written it's called in defiance of chaos i still always have my copy right here because you know you can get it on amazon if you want to help support us there um, several folks, uh, many of them were our friends that just thought the idea was cool and took a chance with us and, and wrote some stuff, uh, and let us borrow their characters and things like that for ACS and, and, you know, borrow their ideas and, and actively helped us develop, uh, the game over, well, we developed the game over five years initially. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been seven, it's been seven years since we started development on this game. Since we started conceptualization yep. yep um and so that's kind of the whole thing about tonight is is we've we've seen a lot of stuff in the community uh we want to talk about the community uh we want to talk about the future of identico uh both in terms of all of the stores and folks that are helping us uh spread the word uh and if you know of any other stores that might help us spread the word let us know uh we love working with flgs's uh, smaller distributors, everybody out there like that. We we are all about that uh, because um, it's that's the way that this uh, uniquely about tabletop gaming. I'm going to set aside a certain 9.4 million dollar crew that earned a lot of money on Twitch in the leak. Uh, I'm going to set them aside because they're a bit of an anomaly. Everything else in the tabletop space is all built on community, word of mouth friends at a table all of that kind of stuff um and so that's what it's about um and so with that spirit tonight and how we do the ice identical after darks and these game design streams um alex and i have come up with uh i, I know he i wrote down a ton of notes and he's probably added on to this since i since i shared it with him uh earlier um, a little bit, but I thought this was really a good place to start for us. Yeah, this is no by nowhere like uh, finished and stuff like that. But what we want to do is we want to kind of go through in real time in front of the community and talk about proposed changes, which some of you have already started to put in the chat. So you know where we're going with this. Um, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, there's a there's a oh, forever night. OK, I'll shamelessly plug forever night because you guys are Absolutely. helping us distribute here in the, in, in the Pacific. So absolutely. Um, oh, quick, quick operational st uh, uh, standout too. Uh, for the FLGSs that are carrying our games, send me logos. 
So send me the Ever Forever Night logos, working files if you got them, something layered that I can like fancy up and make sure it works on the background and stuff like that. Uh, Cause I want to start a rotator of all the, the FLGSs and stuff like that. Uh, and I'd like to build out some panels down below that allows us to link over to whatever websites uh, and things like that you have for there too. So uh, help us out because uh, we want to help you out and, and vice versa. So again, um, you know, it's all about community. It's all about correcting and, and helping everybody out out there. So and uh, we went with meeples. We, we tried to meeples. <laughs> we did. And in fact, I think we dropped off a copy way yeah. back in the day two meeples um we did pitch them Tur turns out they the turns out they haven't called me back actually <laughs> after a couple of years it's that's weird um if they're willing to chat with us though uh no harm no foul kind of thing the play live in olympia and camera gaming and shelter both carrier games up on the north end zulus in bothell had some copies i don't know if they still have any or if they're out um and so you yeah, know. give give them a shout. Let them know we're happy to come down um, for a place like or Meeple's. Tell them to call Forever Night and get more books from them. Call Forever Night uh, or call one of us. We can. We're just down the street. We went to Meeple's. Uh, Alex used to live down, basically, literally across the West Seattle Bridge from them. Yeah, basically. So uh, we're happy to work with everybody here in town. Yeah. Uh, actually, we're we're willing to work with just about anybody. Um, you know, we we have ways to ship out and stuff like that. So. Uh, you know, if, if you don't have a distributor that carries our game, uh, contact us directly where you can hit us up on Twitter or you can hit us up on, on the mm -hmm. website. Uh, cause all that stuff goes to my email, uh, which I, I get all my phone all the time. So just let us know. We're always happy to work with it. So you're about mm -hmm. six blocks from them now. Hell yeah. Oh, I know exactly where you're at then. Yeah. yeah. I love that part I love of town. that neighborhood actually. Oh, right. That neighborhood's yeah. dope. I used to go so. drink there all the time. Yes. Yes. That's good <laughs> to know. Some good bars in that neighborhood. There is. <laughs> We've, we spend a lot of time. We spend a lot of time developing this uh, late at night and at bars. That's, that's uh, what we ended up doing. Around the table. We talked to them. They carried They it. carried. They're, they they're, carried in defiance of chaos for a while. Mm -hmm. And they're sold out of identical core rule books at the moment. And they yeah. are stuffed. I, they may have one more. I was talking with Eric the other day because uh, I end up going there every once in a while uh, and chat up uh, Nick and Eric and those guys. Uh, so I got to take a look. But we've, you know, they, they know us and stuff like that. And so uh, we have. I, think, uh, I yeah. think Kevin is listing places that do have Identico in stock. I'm guessing in the chat here. Lion Garden, Hoquiam, Game Freaks in Aberdeen. Those are more places than I thought we were in. I'm going to be real honest. Um, I'm going to need to clip that so I can add that. I'm going to make a list on our website, um, which operationally yep. I would like to say too, we got a new, uh, website that will be coming in the next week or so. Um, we're going to be updating a lot of stuff, including the merch pages, uh, on there, because I know there's some stock of, especially stickers and some posters, I think mm -hmm. that folks still want to get, uh, that I have no idea how the old, uh, merchandise went away. So we also still have shirts. Yes. Shirts. We, yep. We still have a few shirts left. Um, I think that actually is on the store. So go take a look. We'll happily ship that out. Uh, COVID free too. Um, <laughs> um, 
so yeah, so uh, just a couple operational things on that is that we'll have a new website coming up here soon. Um, so keep an eye out for that. It's going to have more stuff on it. We also, after we get through with some of these things, uh, we will actually publish the FAQs and errata for Identico as we make certain tweaks and changes and stuff like that. Uh, and then that will kick off a series of sort of how to play videos and stuff like that. I've kind of been holding off on that a little bit, uh, mainly because of, uh, a lot of things that Alex has been doing with the store. Uh, it takes a lot of time to get that stuff negotiated. Uh, and then secondly, we wanted to make sure we get the most up to date. We don't want to go shoot a video and have to turn around and like make changes on it. When we knew going into it that we want to make uh, a couple of, uh, I say a couple, we're going to make several, hopefully quality of life updates, uh, for players and stuff like that with this. Uh, at least that's the goal. So, yes. Um, I think that's all the updates. Uh, Joe and I, at some point in time this weekend, see in the chat. I don't even know if Joe's in the chat. If Joe's in the chat, give me a heads up because Far Cry 6 came out today. Oh, yes. And uh, so that's a play. If you've never seen Joe and I play, uh, if you've never seen uh, Joe and I play hard. Sorry, I got distracted because somebody said uh, grenade hands in the uh, in the chat. And I think I know who it is. <laughs> so... Is that a holy hand grenade fill with the 20 tattoo? Um, uh, so, uh, but yeah, so if you've never seen us play Far Cry, it's hilarious. So that'll be a game stream that we have uh, coming up soon. So I will uh, keep an eye out on our Twitter uh, and in our Discord. If you're not a member of our Discord, first off, come, come. We, we talk all the time there. Uh, there we have a whole links yeah. on the website. There's links on the website. There should be links below on the on this page right here. So if you're not a member of the Discord, come on, hang out. Um, not just that, but we have a whole new world company called the Dirty Twenties, <laughs> based on Angel City Stories. Uh, so if you are playing New World and you don't have a company and you want to be in a company and uh, have some fun with us, uh, come join. Uh, we have a lot of fun in that channel, and it's growing uh, daily at this point. Like uh, yes. Who knew that 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 would bring us together? Apparently, so um, so yeah. So just come check us out uh, over there. Um, there's also a lot of places you can ask uh, questions about the game, uh, submit ideas, stuff like that in the Discord as well. Uh, and then you can hear us talk about anti-corporate stuff in there as well, because who doesn't want to bag on some anti-corporates? I love it. That's us. That's us a lot. Uh, we get into we get into some fun political talk, and you can kind of understand where we come from with Identico. Let's put it that way. Earlier, we were talking about Smith versus Keynes for my 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 economics junkies out there, and Sean was like, "Oh crap, here we go." Yeah. <laughs> well, because we had jumped we had jumped from something. We'll get onto this other. We'll get onto this in a second, but we'll, we jumped from a different topic onto this, um, and that's you know we tend to do that on the Discord. So. Um. All right, cool. So uh, let's go ahead and kick into uh, FAQs and errata. Um, so I think the you want to start with the biggest one first, Alex, or, or? Well, since we have so many new users here. We do have like a lot that. of new people. So what I was going to say is maybe we start with, um, maybe we start with, does anybody in chat have questions, right? Like, okay, I don't understand what you guys wrote on page 654. We didn't write a page 654 of the game's like 275 pages, but you get my point, <laughs> right? Of, you know, okay, we don't have a chance to to talk to you guys all the time. 
yeah. we're confused about this or this is something we don't understand. How do you factor stat mods? Also, um, by the way, just to let you know how, how even the writers, I have... I, I apparently do things like a barbarian and I have gaffer tape of different colors and, and widths for different parts of the game. So I can easily get to the class sheets. And I think this is weapons, right? Yeah, our weapon tables and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, tip hit us. so tip just asked, how do we factor stat mods? Can you kind of explain that question a little bit more? Um, mine is sticky noted. Yes, also a good, good option. Ah, yes. Um, so, I can tell you how we designed it originally, and it evolved over time, right? We actually started out with 10 attributes, and then cut it down to the six that you have in the game now. Um, and we wanted the stat range to be wider to make it harder to min-max. And if you did min-max with a point-by system, it is a much bigger penalty. Right. Well, we do a one for one to make the stat by easy, but if you min max, you're gonna end up with like minus two and three to a bunch of different stuff. You say um, you say min max though, so let's let's talk about the theory of min maxing when it comes to it. Because if you're playing in a group and you're playing in and everybody's got their their sort of like we we are we are like this close to being a classless system. We ought, we actually designed Identico at first to be a completely classless system. We debated it for a long time. Yeah. Um, Alex also asked what we were going to do for filler content tonight if we ran out of questions, and we won't. Trust me. Uh, we've debated this game for it. Well, we debated this game up until we sent it to print. Let's put it that way. Um. So uh, we debated the min max theory that a lot of players would run into and stuff like that. And to me, min maxing. Uh, kind of gets a lot of things at zero and then a couple of things at really good. That's my basis for min-maxing. Now, there are a lot of people out there that are all, that you can go all the way to minus uh, seven on your attributes. <laughs> or you can go to zero and get a minus 10. If you really want to get a minus 10 on your attributes, that's up to you. But you better hope like hell you got a healer in your group uh, and that they're going to be able to pick your ass up. <laughs> because so that's what's going to happen. <laughs> With the point by system, again, not accounting for the rolling system, which we did put in there, there is a dice rolling, like you could roll 4d6 for all your attributes and call it a day. Yeah. We don't recommend it. It's not our preferred method. I believe it actually- It can be fun. I believe actually we, that was another debate of ours because it is my preferred method. Yeah. Because the point so, by is technically the variant. I won that battle apparently. You did. So with that, you can have 15s across the board in every stat and have a plus one to everything. You're not going to be great. Usually the 1.5 digit number. Yeah. You talking about the uh, you talking about adding stats to it or the pull up method? <laughs> that's where we are today. The yeah, that's where we are. At. <laughs> Hi, Phil. <laughs> Love you, buddy. <laughs> so you can so, so to, to pick up on what Alex was saying is you can run 15s across the board and be perfectly fine you know what I'm saying and so you know then you're you're basically getting if you run 15s across the board you get a plus one on everything that's your like basics you know 
Um, but you're not going to be great at anything. Right. Uh, most people aren't that way. And no. with the point by, which we found, um, ironically enough, that everybody skips past the rolling the dice thing and they go directly to for point by in Cyberpunk. Um, so cheekily, we have it as the variant, even though we both kind of knew that was going to be the way they go. Because we played enough games like Rifts and others where you don't get to you don't get to roll dice to determine random shit. You just get to put points into things. Um, and so you can min-max. And there's some ways that you can go about creating a really good build. Now I'll say that nobody in nobody in ACS at least min-maxed their way to death. Everybody was pretty uh, pretty balanced or, or average on a lot of stats um, with a few outstanding moments for like Katassi or Hacker. Um, I believe that Chone and Apex in the Chaos games also are fairly balanced, but definitely have a lot more in their int for their hacking um, that goes, you know, further yeah, and farther. Yeah, but I think Chone's got, got penalties to either strength or dex. Probably strength knowing, knowing them, yeah. Yep. Uh, the stat D20 modifiers, OGL. D twenty OGL, yeah. But the stat mods. Yeah. So the way that we the way that we did the math out for this, um, and Alex is our math guy. Um, and I actually have the computer that I, I kept. Oh, you, you have the, in the background. Oh, yeah, he's I got still the have the Mac. Yeah, my my old iMac is the, yeah. the thing that I was like, let me crunch numbers. <laughs> I will build formulas to determine these things. It's the same way we did with damage and armor and everything. There was math put to it, believe it or not. Yeah, if if you have a 90 if you have a 90 point buy, essentially, which is what a hero character is in our game. Um, essentially if you divide that up, that becomes your baseline. And then if you go up, it goes by a certain number. This time we, we did things in slots of twos because we want you to really have to purchase the points is what it comes down to. And like, it provides a lot more variance. It does. And it also it also kind of gets you to that little thing of of because later on as you're as you become a more skilled player in the game. Uh, and you actually get more skill points and you get several skill points at certain levels uh, That allows you just to be like, all right, I'm gonna put two here one here three here Whatever kind of thing, right? Um, you do get attribute point increases at certain levels as well. Yeah um, And it goes up pretty fairly, you know throughout the game And so that's kind of the fun that we did for that so you could have point variants you can start a character a certain way and over time, you can have that character evolve. We wanted to have that bit of work into the game, because um, otherwise, uh, it, it it gets kind of boring, right? Like if you don't if you don't feel like you have player agency over the type of character that you want to build, then what's the point of playing the game, right? That's the whole point of TTRPGs, right? Hard and soft levels we equate it to Dark Souls, more starting package. This is Tim. I stole the computer. Nice. Very nice. Hey, Tim. I'm glad, Tim. Yeah, um, but but I mean that's kind of the thing, right? Like it is kind of hard and soft levels, right? Yeah. Um, and and I find that that tends to work really, really well because I don't know about you, but the few times that I've gotten to actually like level up a character when we've played some of these one shots, uh, it's been a lot of fun. 
Um, you know, because you then you have to like seriously start to think like, how am I going to allocate my points and stuff like that? Like, you know, um, so yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun to kind of do with those sort of things. Um, yeah, good. Going off your stat thingy, do you want to talk about the character ability stuff that you had in the notes? Yeah, let's use that as a segue. Um, yeah. So we have debated for a long time because, and so Alex actually, Alex actually uh, talked about this when we first got on tonight. Uh, because when we when we sat, all right. So the the origins for anybody who hasn't heard this story yet, but the origins of this game um, are we were standing in line for Acquisitions Incorporated uh, in 2014. And I don't know how I convinced everybody to go sit down and watch people play D and D in a in a theater, but I did. Um, but it was like a two and a half hour line. <laughs> it's like getting into a concert. Like it was crazy. Yeah. So we're sitting there, and there's nothing really to do because none of us had magic cards or anything like that. We had been we had spent all day walking around the convention. Um, and Alex turned to me and he's like, "You know what? We have a there's not like a really good cyberpunk game out there." And I was like. I kind of like was faking it at the moment. I was like, yeah, no, yeah, I'm, I'm here to watch D&D. Yeah. And then one thing led to another and somebody had a notebook. And so then we just started drawing the basics of game design right there in the line. Um, and so we essentially started out with what we were calling like, uh, was it like genus and species? I think is what we genotype and phenotype. Genotype and phenotype. So we originally had ten different numbers uh, that you can use. Ten attributes for this, uh, going real crunchy um, on one side of things. Um, and over the time that we developed the game, both in trying to do things uh, at the aforementioned around the table, um, at some of the other FLGs, Norwest Con, we've been testing the game for a long time. Um, and throughout that entire time, we ended up on six because what we want to do is not make this game overly crunchy that new players can't get into it. Um, and we hold the thing like Pathfinder or like D&D or Starfinder or some of those to be um, a good bar to hit for gen, gen pop players. Mm -hmm. Um and that, I know that a lot of people in our chat right now maybe not necessarily consider themselves Gen Pop players because you guys have been playing probably since you could hold a pencil. Um, <laughs> all these years later, we still haven't come up with a lightsaber for Rob's. No, we Your haven't. Space is coming. Just yeah, just give it time. The next show's call is going to be in space. Don't worry. Um, that's not a spoiler, by the way. Um, so, uh, so we've we've got down to six. And in the notes that we've been kind of doing, one of the things that stood out to me when we were playing ACS. So we did uh, 50 actual shows of ACS, uh, not including the one shots and the Texas adventures and uh, Mary Highsmith and all like that. And when you GM 50 shows of a, of a game, you start to notice the, uh, the nuts, bolts, warts and all of your game, uh, even though I love it with all my heart. One of the things that uh, one of the things that I came out with that is that stamina and determination aren't really used in the game. They have their Not place, really. mm -hmm. but even from an objective game design perspective, I've looked at it and thought we should utilize these more. 
And it's a common flaw that is in actually uh, OSL 3.5, D&D 5. All games. A lot of the games is that there's always a dump stat. And we tried our best to not have a dump stat. Still ended up with a dump stat. It's not a failure. It's just an opportunity to make some updates. Um, and one of the things that, that I've been kicking around um, is that... You know, if you're a raw pilot, you have to have determination if you've got to do basically eject, right? Uh, if you have to eject your consciousness out of a raw, you got to use a determination check to make sure it doesn't fuck you up. Um, but we don't do enough checks against stamina and we don't do enough checks against determination in the game. Um, so for stamina, I am proposing um, that everything above essentially above I wrote 15 in here but I think it would have to be above 14 whatever the plus zero high bar is which I think is a 14 in 14. our game yep. we come up with a system that allows you to actually get more starting hit points um, right now every human in the game and I'm going to use human very purposefully because now we've introduced a different type of organism in, the, in both series now uh, yep. But every type of basic human, so just meat, flesh, body kind of thing, has 25 hit points. You don't get any more hit points any, anymore. Like, you just don't. You don't get better. As we've always said, you don't get better getting shot the older that you get. However, and I, and I, I will preface all of this by saying all of the technology at first in our game, and I have to say at first, first because we're, we're taking this a little further with some of the concepts that we're going to bring in towards the end of tonight's show um we it had to be grounded somewhere in science that's why we created e121 it is an element it, there is not an element 121 on the periodic table it is the next one to be discovered that may keep us to an electric future that we never have to worry about right um so all of the things in the game have some grounding in some scientific kind of piece quantum computing you know robots ai mm -hmm. all of it the chip actually exists in the world they made it after we wrote the game they owe us a million dollars and nobody can tell me any fucking differently because they also called it the fucking chip and i swear to god I'm, our lawyers are on the phone we sent them a check today to go to go after them um anyways with all of that to be said um I'm proposing that we allow for more stamina at the start. So, or more stamina when you put points into that. You mean more HP? More HP. Some people are just built differently. Mm -hmm. Some people evolve to be better at bodybuilding and all these sorts of things. Um, and that would allow you to get more hit points. As Alex famously figured out when we had when we killed Titus off in literally one fucking roll, that can be a problem. <laughs> now, that was a to, point zero zero like six two thing. To the point, to that point, combat in this system is always supposed to be fast and deadly, right? Because what we were trying to, and I did a tweet thread about this a long time ago on our Identico Twitter, is. The idea is to disincentivize combat, right? Because there is that one in, you know, whatever chance, right? That they're gonna bang a 20 on a headshot and that's the ball game, 
you know, especially with the way that we did natural 20 rules where it bypasses the armor. It's like it just fucking tanks your armor. So, again, it's it's harsh. I, the one that I would say is a uh, an example of, of actually something I think Sean's, where Sean's on the right track with the with the increasing stamina to increase hit points is actually what happened to my character, Billy Gonzalez, in one of our last fights, is that I just took a crap load of damage to one of my legs, right? And if I would have had an extra 5 HP in there, like, that whole scenario develops differently because now I'm actually going with the group as yeah. opposed to having to, like, duck out into the helicopter because my leg has literally nearly been blown off and the exosuit is the only thing holding it in place. Yep. Um, so, if... If stamina, and I'd be curious to hear what chat has to say about this, do you like the idea of every stamina point above 15 or above 14, so at 15, 16, you would get an extra 5, 17, 18, you would get an extra 10, you know, same same breakdown, but does that make sense? Does that something that they would, that everyone would like? Yeah, I, because I, I'm, I'm interested, just give, give us a yes, no in chat, like, Cause I don't, I don't as a five points. Yeah. It's five points across the board. Like yep. it would five be so like if you put 15 to 16 in stamina, you would get uh, with a 30 total across. Cause it has to stay in fives because of the, uh, because the way we do the damage tracker. Yeah. So the everything has to be divisible by five, no matter what. Um, it gives so a reason for stamina. There, Kevin or Tim, you like that little idea. Yep. Stamina, what's that? <laughs> Muffins 2021, yeah. I swear to God, he's going to play a one-shot with me, and I'm going to kill his meat body. Probably. It does make sense. For instance, I can take way more punishment physically than most of my friend group because I'm dead sassed here. Uh, Phil, I'm with you. As somebody who's had to fight a lot in his life, I'm with you. Being dense is helpful. Yes. So... So I like the idea. I think it makes sense. It also turns stamina into a little less of a dumb stat. Yes. Um, so I, I like I like that particular one on there. Um, we also think that'll help with mutants. Yes. Which, for those of you who haven't been watching Angel City Stories or Chaos Inc., first off, go catch up. It's on our YouTube channel. Yes. But two, one of the things that we have now introduced and we've been planning for a long time was... Uh, different classifications of mutated humans or humanoids yep so with that in there what we've been when we've been playing around with it on that too is you would have to have a minimum there's going to be different types of mutants that you'll be able to make um possibly capping at 35 per spot due, due to reinforcing lethality lethality Maybe. Trust me, go up against go up against uh, Muffins and have him roll a 20 and see how much 35 <laughs> is lethal. Especially with that damn minigun of his. <laughs> That's, and see, and it's because, and so here's the thing, and it's because of that, where we're kind of thinking in a lot of ways, right? There is, so here, here's, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stray from the determination discussion for just a second, because this is where we, this is where you get into it, is... Because Muffins was there, because he had a minigun, and because he had a fucking, uh, um, his, uh, railgun and stuff like that, while all very cool, I do would like to change, those are words, I do would like to change, 
I think the weapon damage and profiles need to be adjusted to be a little bit more. They still be deadly, but not, oh my God, deadly <laughs> in some ways because, and I'll tell you why there were many times in the ACS stuff where I had to put people in there with like 150 armor <laughs> just so you guys could attack it and muffins couldn't one shot it. <laughs> so, and that's so on us. I get it, but still. This is where, and so actually you'll see this. So this is where we we run into this balancing act. And this is where world balancing also comes into play. Yes. Okay. Now, Muffins was fortunate and, and Sean started to really start making us pay the price um, due to the nature of that narrative. It, it didn't happen as much as it probably could have, but we're trying to pay that price. Okay. Muffins is running around with the Bushmaster. Okay. The minute the authorities are aware a Rob is running around their city with a Bushmaster, that's an immediate, like, they've put six detectives on that. True. To find this guy and get rid of him. Because you shouldn't be running around Angel City with a Bushmaster. Okay. <laughs> that's the kind of thing that attracts attention. Um, so the thing that you also have to keep in mind is, you know, is, is, and it's hard as a GM, it's difficult. And I forget to do it sometimes. Um, the best example I can think of this, and I'm trying to remember when this one happened. This might've been a Norwest con game, or it might've been another one. We were running the Rome mission and the team got into a firefight out in the middle of the street. Yes. Right. It was one of the and, conventions. Yeah. I remember this. Right. And as opposed to most of the row missions, the fight takes place in the apartment so they could do it pretty quietly. It's the middle of the day. So there's not a lot of people around. But the minute it spilled out in the street, what happened to that particular group was the guy got away and they had to chase him to Gothenburg. The issue they ran into is all of their faces were plastered on every billboard in all yes. of Europe. Okay. So now you've got a really 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 difficult situation for the player characters that they've now got to play through because they went a little ham on you know some cars in row yeah and and i think so even even muffins as pilot so joe as y'all know play muff plays muffins he's in the chat and he's like i wonder how much i abused muffins as a gun platform re other players was i the norm or was i the crazy crackhead exception you know, that would be a that would probably be a good question for Strag. I don't know for Kevin. I don't know. I mean Kevin's probably got the longest running campaign. So I can't say whether Muffins is a is an exception or whether other campaigns have that issue with rollers. I think I, I think it's very interesting because I mean Joe plays a very similar character in almost every game that we play with the gun platform. He's our tank in New World, for God's sakes. Um that's what he do <laughs> and knowing that Rob's at first were made for dangerous situations and dangerous rescue missions and stuff like that like they're they're augmented warfare on purpose right um a ACS was always supposed to have a little bit of that like 80s action feel to it which I thought we kind of brought you know as we went along but um it's it's an interesting kind of feeling when there's a lot of <laughs> a friend describes Joe's playstyle as Joe Smash. Kind of. I do feel like to a degree that Muffins especially though, there was a lot of times where Joe 
was the sound one in the group and was like, no, let's maybe not bring out the nine foot tall robot. Um, yeah. Most of them are packing a two point. Okay. So, uh, Kevin says we, we only have a few rovers. Most are packing 2.5 inch rocket, but a lot of them are what we call proxies or fake humans. So, so there you go. So if yeah. they're operating in America and they're rolling around with two and a half inch rockets, um, so two and a half inch rockets don't refer to the length. That's the That's diameter. The diameter. Those are big. Okay. Those are those are the ones they fire from Apaches. Yeah. Okay. So that's the kind of thing where if, if a GM was asked me like, what would you do about this? I would say, quite frankly, the authorities are going to be looking for anybody who's rolling around shooting off heavy munitions inside of an urban area. That's just Oh, that Kevin, just Kevin is priority say, number one. Kevin is saying they have one, as in singular. We read oh. that as rockets, p plural, but that most are packing a two four. Okay, so they have a nuclear option, is what you're saying. So, uh, basically, what we're trying to get at with this is, uh, even at the heaviest armor that we have in the game, um you can only absorb a few really good shots mm -hmm. from a from a pistol uh much less when somebody breaks out an ar and stuff and so the idea of adding the stamina in there is to give you just that little bit extra fighting chance when the armor goes crisp basically that's kind of your time to get the hell out it's like playing destiny or destiny 2 right or halo when you're in halo and you're in the arena you're all good until Cortana starts chirping in your ear and that goes off because you know you're in, you know, you're you're dead after, you know. And so uh that's kind of what it's there for. Now, with the mutants, we will put in things where you have to spend a certain amount of stamina and stuff like that because you will have needed it to survive the transformation. Um all of these are human augmentation, not like it's bioware not magic so to speak like that's a good way to put it um we've only had five player deaths between tim and my store that's pretty good we that's almost so lost we almost lost a few people uh on the last run in acs uh had y'all gone on to the final boss probably everybody would have died <laughs> i think we might have tried that had like again like we were down half our heavies yes so it was like you were Not. down you were down well you weren't down your tank but he was severely hurt and you were down your one of your main dps to yeah. put it in that kind of terms yep um so i, I think that's where we want to go with stamina so look for that change in, in the errata we'll add that in there now we are also there's also some planning that we're going to go into uh how we do stamina checks so i uh, have to see if this is in i don't know if they made it in this one or if i'm working in a different dock on that too um, but no, I think it's in there. I think so. Anyways, we're going to have more things that actually check against stamina as well. So certain poisons, certain, uh, like environmental effects and stuff like that. Uh, those are going to actually check against stamina because it's your physical determination for lack of a better term. Um, and so, you know, those things that can, uh, wear you down over time like and can erode your you know erode your constitution and stuff like that like 
that kind of stuff's gonna happen um and it should have it should happen more within games because i think that actually kind of makes characters more interesting like once muffins got beat <laughs> well yeah because someone was negligent with emps yes once muffins got the shit kicked out of him for the first time ever uh he suddenly became a much different character you know even temporarily right and i think that that kind of that kind of dyna dynamic play with between a gm and a player can can be a lot of fun um lots of close calls lots of we're losing him yeah um certain drugs yeah drugs are gonna have stamina checks as well as determination checks uh i actually had a thing with blizz uh that we did behind the scene um so lance played blizz uh if blizz wasn't taking drugs he was rolling at certain penalties <laughs> if blizz was on too many drugs he was taking certain penalties um and so uh that kind of stuff was uh those kind of things go against uh both stamina and determination so uh, look for that. By the way, the, the errata will go up for free on our site um, and probably on DriveThruRPG, I think, is how we'll do mm -hmm. it. Because I'll design it and make it look pretty and everything. Um, so, you know. It will still be shorter than Games Workshop's errata. Uh, it'll be shorter than DD's errata, too. <laughs> Which one? How 15 of them they have out there. I just want to point out that Games Workshop has a million times the assets that we do, and they still have more errata. Just, just want to throw that out there. This is true. Time they also myself feel better. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Um, okay, so that's the change to stamina. Um, the change to uh, determination, and this comes, um, this comes both into uh, a couple of things because one of the things we thought about doing was, uh, essentially getting rid of one of the stats. I don't think we should do that. And so we changed stamina to what we just talked about now. Uh, and I like to change determination uh, to be, if you think about it as uh, a like mental constitution in a, I kind of want to call it like a stubbornness level because we use mm -hmm. determination for science. And if you've ever done science for a living, you know that that requires a lot of determination because you're going to fail a we lot. We did medical there. Yes, you're going to fail a lot when it comes to that. Um, and so one of the things that I've been thinking about with using determination is there's going to be some more checks against determination. Um, can the errata include a chart and prices for ROV weapons? Uh, actually, ROV weapons are just regular weapons. Um, Hang on. They, they are in or there. What are you talking about? Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, yes. Yes, we can do that, actually. I actually am kind of surprised we didn't. Um, Holy well, crap, we didn't. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Uh, Strag. Uh, yes. That's actually an easy, easy fix. So uh, the other piece that I will probably say to that is in the errata, there will be a new uh, price list and a new like full on like table for all of it. Uh, because if you notice on one of the pages, um, I don't know how our tables got messed up, but one of the tables actually uh, absorbed into one of the other tables. And so there's actually a couple of lines missing 
uh, of things that we knew we put in there, and that's the way yeah. it goes. So the beauty of it is, though, is it's an eight and a half by eleven piece of paper, and we can just take that, redo it, and put it in the Dorado yeah. for you. So that's yeah. one of the things I'm going to add to it. So Rav weapons and uh, new weapons like the C4 knives and the combat boots with the you know all these things that we've created for ACS and stuff, we will try to include as well. Uh, the beauty about it being a PDF is that uh, if we forget something or fuck it up, we can just put out a new one and everybody gets it again. So, so to answer Phil's question, the on a Rob, there's actually a C4 tamales, maybe. Tamales. Um, on the Rob, it actually is already there. So you can be inside for a period of time hang on oh there we go uh it's number of hours of day is your determination divided by two yeah so if your determination is 14 you can be synced for seven hours a day that's your max okay um you do get bonuses you can increase that by one hour every two levels that's on page 168 so that's in there hackers don't get in, absorbed into the web and this is again something that that sean and i struggle with even understanding it. Um, so I'll say Phil, actually, let me back up. Phil asks, uh, how many GMs are making people make rolls when people are past that number? We, I've run into very, very few situations where that's occurred. Yeah. And, and I don't think any, any at any time in ACS that muffins was in the raw no. longer than seven hours. And I'll say that what that's going to be is that's going to be situational where your player characters are in the middle of big encounters that are lasting for long periods of time, like big battles. And that's where that would start to come into play. Yeah. Um, we didn't ever actually mean for it to be a thing. We just wanted to put a limit on it so that player characters weren't like, I sleep in my armor or I'm always attuned to my Rav. Yeah. That was something we specifically did not want to have happen. Seen that too much in D&D and other games where I just don't. Yeah, right. You, your body uh, still has to sleep because you're technically awake when you're in a Rav. Yeah, the whole time. You look like you're passed out, but you're technically awake. Yeah, and your mind still needs to sleep. And so, as part of that, you have to, you know, you have to be disconnected from from it somehow. Hacking is a bit different because a lot of it's done via AR, and so it's you're augmented not, reality. It's augmented reality versus like in Shadowrun, where you're literally absorbed into the web or and you know, or when you're fighting sprites kind of yeah. like that. Like, it's a little bit different. It very much looks like a cross between, like, Watch Dogs by yep. Ubisoft, if you ever played that, and kind of some of the stuff you see in Cyberpunk 2077, where, like, I see the camera. I hack the camera. Okay, now I'm looking through the camera. Now I'm using this bot to attack this door, to unlock this door. That's the stuff that you're doing with hacking in Identico. It's not really, like... I jack in and I pass the fuck out. Yeah. That's generally not the case. Besides, why would you jack in? Why wouldn't you just, you know, you have your glow? Well, the, the here's the interesting thing, though. You can do that if you wanted to. Uh, we do have sure. a tech head for that on purpose because your brain mm -hmm. is faster than your fingers ever will be. Um, but that comes with some serious consequences if you fuck up. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of like if you die in the Matrix, you die in real life. Um it's kind of like that in some ways. Um, but most of the time, and this is how we designed hacking, 
is to work more like what Alex is saying is that is that combination uh, between the two. And and so in the errata that we're going to be putting out, um, we're going to put a lot more hacking apps and stuff like apps. that, and and more. Not just apps, but a, a few more examples of how to use it. And I think now that people have played like Watch Dogs and, and Cyberpunk, they're going to get maybe understand a little bit more what we think about with hacking. Because mm -hmm. that ability to just like spread a plague, um, you know, because if you're going up against a bunch of other cybered out fucking people and they've got tech heads and stuff like that. And again, it doesn't take much to be a tech head. It can literally just be, you know, the glow extension or it can be a cyber eye or anything like that. Like, any of those feedback and breaking causes damage, right? Um, or blinding, you know, opponents or something like that. Like there's a bunch of different ways to do what we consider call what we call combat hacking. Um, mm -hmm. And we bring all of that up under the, the guise of determination because one of the one of the things that we want to introduce, and I, I shared this with, uh, I think I shared this with Kevin uh, a few weeks ago, but it's a. Uh, it's a new uh, app called Fear. You get, you know, combat, you know, command time is one combat action or six seconds. Uh, you target the tech head, you know, optical eyes, watchers, whatever. And it basically makes them trip balls. Uh, it warps their vision and essentially gives them like something that's going to like shock value, scare, jump scare type thing. Like imagine just your eyes all of a sudden like being assaulted by just like static noise and like a, a laughing skull or something like that right like the a demonic like cyber demon just in your eyes and you can't get it out right um so uh, essentially the way that this is going to work though is um the target that you're targeting has to make an, an sr so a success rating of the determination equals to they have to their determination by the way 10 plus the software modifier of the hacker so if say you have a uh a five points uh in software so it's 10 plus your five points they've got to meet an sr of 15. um obviously if you've put all your points into software it's gonna be a lot harder for them to succeed uh yeah. and that's kind of the point because you're a much better hacker right um, at that point, then, you know, uh, we may have to come up with a different name for this, but essentially the target's frightened. They can't attack the source of whatever they're scared at because it's kind of like, imagine like, uh, a cyber version of Scarecrow from the Batman series where like, if, you, what I was just if you look at the Scarecrow and <laughs> he's like got fucking, yeah, if he's got like the horror maggots and shit like that coming out and you're like, oh my God, you know, that's what it is. So you can't go any closer to whatever it is that is the source of the fear. They also suffer minuses to their attack and defense rolls, uh, so long as they can still see whatever the hell is freaking them out, right? Um, they can make a determination saving throw at the end of their round every time, save out of it. Um, and if they do, then they kind of take back their, their facilities, but otherwise they're still suffering. So it gives it gives the hacker an ability to be in combat. Because I think one of the things that, that hackers tend to still forget is that you have armor, you have a gun, you have options ahead of you. You do not have to be sitting down at a computer. You don't even necessarily have to have your glow on you, so long as you have some sort of rig that you can use to manipulate the AR space around you. Um, and so that's that's one of the ideas that we have when it comes to using determination is letting that be almost a way of uh, using it as a shield for characters. Um, 
kind of wanted to make an electronic warfare rob that's a that whole would actually be a really cool character and i've been kind of waiting for somebody to do something like that yeah so and that's that that's the, that's the thing that we want to do because again if you're if you're a rob and you're walking down the street with a fucking minigun you're probably going to get nuked real quick you know what maybe that's a good enemy for the chaos inc team that's <sighs> that actually could be a really good one do 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 um and so i'm gonna catch up with chad here in a second but um Another idea that we have when it comes to determination is, um, you know, intelligence, charisma help you with negotiations. Like if you're trying to um, essentially, uh, if you are negotiating, if Alex and I are negotiating with each other and I've got a plus three charisma, he's got a plus three charisma, uh, or he's got a plus two charisma or plus four, right? We'll just offset it for a little bit. Um, We're rolling against those kind of things. But uh, most of the time, even... If a person isn't charismatic, they might be stubborn and you might not actually get through to them anyways. Yeah. So I actually really love this as a, not just an all, but like probably a talent, right? Where it's basically, you can replace charisma as the defining attribute with determination for interrogations, for insight, for... yeah. These these very charisma based stats, so that you can be like, that's an interesting and I like the idea that because Sean came up with this idea. I like this idea because what it does is it builds this whole thing where you're like, I am, um, I am just stubborn, yeah, and I'm just that like, when I interrogate somebody or I'm, I'm maybe you're facing down against an interrogation, maybe you're just lying, right? Yeah, but you're so stubborn about it that it comes out like the truth. I really like this yeah. concept. So we're, we're thinking about adding that in there for as a stat to allow you to be stubborn because not everybody is going to want to be a smooth talker and not everybody is going to want to be, um, not everybody is going to want to be uh, the face because usually a lot of people put in points to charisma and then they have to be the talker in the face for the group. You know, they're not the Johnson, but they're the one that has to talk to the Johnson to use shadow run terms and stuff like that. They got to talk to the fixer, but if they don't want to do that, and I'm going to use, and I'm going to single out Lance and Blizz here, because this is a perfect example of somebody who could be stubborn about it because you might try to interrogate Blizz as a character, but Blizz may not just give a fuck. (laughs) He might be so stubborn and he really was a lot of times in the game so stubborn that it that like you could roll whatever the fuck you wanted to roll against it but who cares because it it has no effect on them because they can just be like whatever and Mm -hmm. and that can be an honest way to play especially uh, a fringer you know or uh an outrider like especially in that kind of area where they don't care about the politics of the world they don't care about whatever's going on in whatever city like you can interrogate him all day. Cool, go ahead and blow up that building or whatever. I could. I'm indifferent at this point because I just want to get back outside of the city or something. So yep. we're gonna work de- determination into more, um, more oh. parts of the game. But that is one of the main things that we want to add in terms of talents. For that is, you don't always have to have charisma to succeed in negotiations or. Uh, uh, lying or, or any of those kind of deceit checks and stuff like that. Um, and we just think that it might be, it's a, it's a way more fun way, uh, of playing the game, um, and being able to play the game that you, you know, how you want to play it is essentially what it comes down to. 
Uh, we um, catching up with tra chat here. Uh, Cupcakes was going to be was the start of the uh, electronic warfare. Rob focusing on infiltration and disruption over murder fests. Uh, we love infiltrator Rob build. We have a scientist who uses drugs to fight uh, in their Rob if they get caught. That's actually pretty good. Uh, we're actually going to have a little bit more. So environmental effects too is another one that I think I wrote in a different i don't think it's in this particular document no. that alex and i are working on but some more environmental effects and defining them a little bit better i reread that area uh specifically talking about radiation poisoning for those people who mm -hmm. go through the scar or for those people who are since we've introduced mutants and that is one of the things that are used in the creation of um we need to come up with better uh tighter rules around all of that um and so we're going to expand that section a little bit um, and really kind of hone in on some of those things. Cause as a GM, all you can kind of do at some points in time is give people like dazed or confused and stuff like that. Like you need to be able to give people, you need to have more tools at your disposal besides I'm going to murder this character today. <laughs> you know, we do, we do the best we can when it comes to negotiation and RP play and stuff like that. But when it does come down to, uh, combat, not every combat session necessarily has to be deadly. You might just try to, to apprehend somebody as a player character and or see what they know. intimidate them into running away. Exactly. Um, a great example of that is if you've seen Maxi's Day Off, you know what happens at the end of that episode um, and what they try to do to Maxi. That's another... You know what? Maxi's another great uh, uh, person who would actually be able to use determination instead yeah. of charisma. And he kind of role-played it like that, actually. He, he kind of role played it as the determination to be, uh, to not crack under pressure. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so those are two major changes to the stats that are going to make them actually, uh, be, I think, integrated into the game more. We're not going to, yeah, we're not going to take them away from, uh, Rav. You're still gonna have to make your determination check. You're still going to make your determination check. Um, if you are knocked out, for instance, um, I think we're going to have a talent uh, when it comes to that. Just I'm riffing right here at the moment. And we have a talent where you can uh, swap your stamina bonus for your determination for that final check, too, because I think that would be a way to do it. If you want to be if you want to have physical prowess and you want to use that to try to, like, not pass out in the moment, um, that is a totally fine way to go as well. Um, we've included uh, blind fear and lust as a DM. Okay. Lust is an interesting one. Say to say more about that one in in chat, uh, Strag, because I, I find that one to be an interesting one. Because there is, there is, you know, there is addiction in the game. Um, it's focused on the drugs and stuff like that. Um, lust is an interesting one. But lust I, is an interesting one. Yeah, I would I would love to. Yeah, shoot me a DM on that. I'm curious how you're using that. The only thing that makes me nervous with that one in particular, is I can see certain types of players using it very, um, in ways that I don't think are necessarily like appropriate for the gaming table. I think you would have to have a good solid session zero to understand what your player's boundaries are to use something like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, Let's go to, do you want to talk, you want to finish up with skills for the moment then? I was going to say, um, do we want to take a quick break and then come back and talk about skills or do we want to do that now? I mean, it's up to you. I'm on a roll and I'm feeling good 
Feeling good right. on a Wednesday. So, let's talk about bringing back the skill tree. Um, if Alex could reach through the, the screen to punch me, he probably would. So, this was a debate that we had, and I would say... At least we a year were, and a half. Well, At and least. it was... We, we finally... So, gosh, how do I start? So here's the, the the fine line that you're trying to like wander as a um, as a game designer is you want your game to theoretically appeal to as many people as possible, and so what you do is you get feedback from the community as to what types of games they want to be playing at that point in time, and most of the feedback we got was a little crunch is good too much crunch bad right and the other thing is our design conceit was can we always make sure that we could teach somebody the basics of this game that's why we always had the one pagers at cons yep. right can i teach you the basics of this game in 15 minutes right or less because, depending on how much we have at a con right how fast can i get it to where you can just play because that's the other thing that and i still see this feedback a lot when I see people who are like, I play D&D because it's a huge time investment to learn a new game. We don't want Identico to be that. So the skill tree was something we developed very early in development. It evolved over time. It was always one of our favorite elements. When we showed it to people, they loved it. They were like, oh, this is different. Okay, we like this. But when you're trying to explain it to somebody it would get lost in translation. And we got a lot of... We got a lot of we, feedback. We got a lot of feedback on it, both positive and negative. And we talked about it for a long time. In the end, I was pro skill tree. Sean was like, let's break it down a little simpler. Um, we went that route for the first production run of Identico. Of book, yeah. um, but still ended up with a lot of skills. We still ended up with a lot of skills. But there were some ways of differentiation and stuff like that, and the way that core skills and sub skills worked in the game, I think, was useful. So one of the things that we are probably bringing back, or at least are going to stick into the errata for use for player characters, is the skill tree. Right? Um, for those of you that play with us at NorwestCon, saw a lot of the early beta stuff, you know exactly what it looks like. We haven't made any significant changes to it. Um, and especially with us keeping determination and stamina. Mm -hmm. um, although I think Sean has some notes. I got a couple of notes with it that we can discuss, so but I mean, it's, I think there's also, some, we're going to bring it back. Well, I think, yeah, I think that's the ba The basics of it is, is sort of like, um, uh, yeah, it's, I think that's where we're going to end up with it because what we have is we have a certain number of books still left in production. And for those folks that have bought the book, we don't want the book to become irrelevant if that's the way you want to play. What I think we might do with the skill tree is first off, include it in the PDF. Uh, we will make a couple of tweaks on it based on because this we haven't touched the skill tree in a while. Um, the skill web was pretty rough, honestly. Uh, send all feedback in chat or to us in, in discord. Um, cause I think the, I think that's where the, the, the breakdown with some people, we've got some people who say, I, I got it in the first 10 minutes at my first game and I got it as, uh, 
you know, and, and it's pretty rough otherwise, right? And that's the dichotomy of going with this. That's the dichotomy um, really of doing something new. Uh, skill trees are not necessarily new in game design. Um, and like, it's one of those things where everybody always wants it. This is where it comes down to when you're trying to like market something. And this is what I do for a living. Everybody says they want something new. Then you go give somebody something new and they go, I don't like it. <laughs> it's not familiar enough. Right? So then you go back and you give them something that's familiar and they go, yeah, but I want something new. This is boring kind of thing. Right? And so you have to try to strike the balance between the two of what is easy to pick up and keep going uh, and easy to play uh, and that we can explain to people in, you know, roughly five to 10 minutes tops. Uh, and then what is going to give people enough uh, player agency over how they want their character to develop. Um, and they don't necessarily have to feel like they are um, sacrificing any part of the game because you know, unlike a, a traditional board game or even a video game that has a story narrative with a certain set of points that you can put in things and stuff like that. Um, there's still one story and it's locked into that story. Whatever's in, for example, in new world or world of Warcraft or whatever like that, that's the, that is the playground. That is the sandbox. When you're designing a tabletop role-playing game and you've got a million DMS out there who are, you know, running their own games, coming up with their own worlds, their own stories, their backgrounds and stuff like that. You kind of have to try to game for everything <laughs> when you're making it. Uh, and so we make the weirdest sort of like discussions behind the scenes to think about how we want this to come across. So all of that to say is we think we're probably going to in this version right now, come to it and say, all right, here's an optional way you can do skills. And we'll put out the whole section top to bottom. And we'll explain what a core skill is. We'll talk about the branches, how it works. I think that we'll have to explain at least in short detail, how many sk core skills and sub skill points each uh, class gets. Yeah. Well, we got to go through all that, that stuff. Already. We have a lot of that yeah. stuff. We just need to bring it back and we're going to put it out there as uh, our version of unearth arcana, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. Play test it, play with it, see what you think. Come back to us. I will say, and nobody at home probably knows this, but Chaos Inc. has actually been running with the skill tree from the beginning. We made the conscious choice to bring it back for that game and walk through it with new players. Several players there had never played Identico before, so we were introducing a whole set to them, um, you know, book and all. Um, yep. Now, they are experienced RPG players, but they've never played Identico. So the concept of core skills and sub skills is as far as I know, fairly new to yeah. well, to this, this realm. Um, and so we're going to bring it back. We want a feedback on it. So when we get, when you get the errata in your hands, let us know what's up. I'm not going to do a pretty version of the errata at first. I'm going to give you the nuts and bolts of it. I'm going to put some headers on it and make it look nice so you can follow it. Um, and then I want to get feedback uh, through, you know, Twitter, through Discord. Discord is probably the easiest way. We've got a couple of uh, channels in there um, under our rules and tips for Identico. Um, there's also a looking for group if you are looking to, to play mm -hmm. with groups and stuff like that, fan art. There's also a GM only section where you'll find several folks here from this uh, chat that are here tonight. They'll, they'll put ideas in there. 
I'm going to warn you guys now. I'm probably going to lift a lot of those ideas. I'll try to give you credit for everybody who put them in because we like them. Keep, keep them coming because, again, it's community content we're putting out there. Um, we just want to make the game better for you all out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to make a, a few slight tweaks to the, to the tree, just main game balancing kind of things that we've learned over time of playing in a couple of different games and coming up for the next stream. Um, but other than that, we're going to bring it back and, and see what folks think about it. Uh, we, we've long since tried to figure out uh, in, in, uh, in a way, market ourselves to be different and to be different in a good way. Um, and there's a lot of tabletop RPGs out there. Um, this is our job. This is not a hobby. And so the more people we can get playing Identico, the better. Um, and so, uh, this is us doing some real time, uh, real time user testing for some fun. Uh, if Watsi can do it with a multi-billion dollar budget every year, fuck two guys from Seattle can do it. Right. Yep. <laughs> That's my only pitch to go play the game for us and all like that. Um, and we'll have some fun, fun with there. Um, uh, only, I think only I knew that outside of the outcast and raconteurs. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That the skill yeah. trees on there. Yep. This tip has access to the behind the scenes. Yep. As, as our, as our head moderator. Yep. Um, okay. Just, oh, what's that? Nothing. I was. Yep. No. Cool. Um, with that, uh, we're gonna go refresh our drinks and take a quick bio. Uh, yeah. We still have. So I'll give you a little preview. We have uh, a few things to talk about in terms of uh, the upcoming game. Um, we have a couple of additional notes that are going to change up certain parts of the combat. Uh, and I also want to talk about some potential new classes we'd like to add to the game. So there's still yeah. a lot to talk about. So hang tight. It's our usual bio break. Uh, if I'm you gonna, think of any questions, yeah, drop them in, drop the, them chat in the chat during the break. And we will, we will answer when we come back. Um, hang tight. I'm going to run some ads. If you're a subscriber, you shouldn't see ads. Uh, we got to pay a couple bills and stuff like that. So uh, if you uh, if you aren't a subscriber, maybe you'll see ads. I don't know. Twitch is weird. It got hacked Twitch, again. Twitch. Shit. Yeah. Yep. So. We'll talk about that later. Anyways, be back in just a moment. We'll see you soon. Bye. Peanut butter back. Yo, we're back. What's up? Hello. Thanks for hanging with us through the break. Um, so we're going to talk about, um, we're going to go through, uh, a few additional notes. So in the chat, I asked two important questions. Okay. I asked, uh, what changes to the current classes in the game would you like us to see? And secondly, what new classes would you like us to introduce? Okay. So drop your thoughts, uh, in the chat. Uh, I want to go through just a quick, uh, round Robin before we get to that. I'm gonna give everybody a chance to drop their thoughts in the chat. I would like to go on a quick round robin, though, of some additional quick notes that we can uh, we can just discuss and kind of they're they're down at the bottom here on the list that we can just kind of go through and thumbs up, thumbs down if we like it, um, strike through it if we don't. Um, so uh, the I'll th I'll start with the first one is uh, the number of rounds for speed. This is the easiest one for me to do because nobody's ever 
limited. Nobody's out. ever had to run that far. Yeah, nobody's ever had to run that far. The speed and the encumbrance and stuff like that is, uh, I think, the thing that I want to keep. But the number of rounds you can keep up with your speed, I think I just want to get rid of it. Because um, I don't think anybody's out there is forced gumping through the streets of Angel City or Las Vegas or even in the wild. So. Okay. Um, the one thing that we haven't put uh, officially in the game is a help action. Uh, in ACS, I flubbed this and just kind of figured it out on the fly. Um, so it takes your action, but what it does is you are allowed to use uh, your uh, skill bonus to help out another player. So the example that I wrote is essentially somebody's making an investigation check. Somebody else is helping. Uh, the person that is helping has a plus two to investigation. The person that is doing the investigating also has a plus two. So then they would have a plus four to their investigation check. So uh, it's like, think about it this way. If somebody that is an expert at uh, wiring a car or picking a lock or running a computer program is sitting there telling you step by step, like what to do. That's kind of what I'm envisioning with that change is you would use that. Now it's, it's not necessarily in the, in it's not well-written if it's in the book kind of thing. It, I believe it's there in the number of actions, but it's not very well read written. And yeah. so the idea is basically to flesh that out, to be that example and to that kind of thing. So if you want to help somebody, it's no longer two roles or anything like that. It's just straight up. I'm giving you my extra points uh, and go from there. And because what that does, and we ran into this actually in ACS uh, already too, is somebody was like, oh, I want to help such and such do a thing. And they didn't have any points in the thing that they were trying to help them to do. So it's like, really, you're no more skilled than the person that's trying to do it. So what are you, you know, what are you actually going to help them with? Because um, that, you know, yeah. that's, that's just the way it goes. So, um, uh, so let's, yeah, go ahead. Let's talk about the classes because we're getting a couple questions in there. Oh, I got two more. Can we just do two oh, more real quick? Yeah, let's do, just do knock, two more. Yeah, these. I think these will go quick. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so basically, combat proficiencies, I'm taking away the plus two. I'd like to. Uh, but I'm still instituting the minus five penalty, essentially. So basically, to use it, you got to have the proficiency. Otherwise, you are just fumbling around in the dark. Um, the reason for that is most players miss that plus two. They forget about it. Uh, it's not very well executed on the character sheet and it's not very well executed within the game. And with opposed roles, it makes shooting a little OP uh, when I've done the math. Um, so that would be one change I'd have for the combat proficiencies is you got to have it. Otherwise, you suffer a penalty. Um, and I'm using a minus five penalty. We can maybe play around with that a little bit and see. Um, or we can just have a disadvantage advantage version of that, uh, if that works better. We do a minus five if no ranks in skill or proficiency. That's not a bad way of putting it either. Yeah. I was specifically looking for combat proficiencies because I think in there's going to be so there are so many skills in the game that having a minus five penalty at any check, if you're using our initial rules as written skills in there, um, having a minus five penalty for science, 
and, and you have zero points in science feels a little cruel as a GM because it, you're unlikely to hit an SR. I mean, you a, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while, uh, but I'd rather have that bit of surprise in the game, um, yeah. you know, versus uh, punishing people. But every game is different. You GMs run it however you want to because I'm, I'm down with all of that because if you want to have it like cyberpunk dark souls as far as i'm concerned go for it like i'm okay with that that is a perfectly fine way to play a game uh so long as as long as that's what your table signed up for all for it i'll bring seven characters and just set them in front of me we'll just i'll just like flick through everyone as the minute one dies off i'll bring another one with me you know just have a meat grinder um the last one is uh additional notes is aim shots uh, I would like to uh, put this to certain, only certain like long range scopes and targeting systems. Um, you would be basically continued. You'd forbid, you know, aim shots, called shots. We already forbid it on anything larger than a rifle anyways, because I'm not, al- I'm not allowing muffins to aim shot with a minigun. That's just never going to happen. I'm sorry. Um <laughs> But you know, uh, I think you I think you need to have certain scopes and, and accessories and stuff like that for it to happen. Uh, the reason for this is basically the aimed shot that I, I got lucky killing Titus in where I placed it. But I don't it, think you were aiming that one though. I think you actually rolled. I the rolled one. it, but I was but I was thinking as as a as a GM. That was the piece that was the most seen from that person. So that's what they would have yeah. been shooting at anyway. So technically. Under current rules as written, I should have taken the aimed shot bonus, aimed for the head, and then, yep, you know, all of that. Uh, basically, it's really hard to aim a, a, a pistol at range. Let's put it that way. Um, it's not easy. There are sharpshooters out there, uh, but if you've got enough points into the combat proficiency, I think it's going to... Uh, I think it's going to... Uh, it'll be okay. Uh, being able to headshot somebody while they're running across the room is extremely hard. Um, and it also makes it a bit unfair for the, for the other people that are playing the game. So, um, (laughs) saddest of all robot pandas. Yes. So, uh, aim shots with certain, uh, scopes. We'll, we'll call it out, uh, in the rules, which, uh, scopes and targeting systems will allow it. Uh, I'm kind of thinking the basic bullseye would, would be a targeting system that allow you to do that. Um, that way it is available to characters who want to do it. If you want to be shooty, shooting and aim, that's fine. Um, cause you've got a, you've basically got an AI in your eye trying to help you shoot on the run. So you right. installed an aim bot. I mean, essentially, yeah. If you want to buy the aimbot, like I think actually we called it bullseye. I kind of want to rename it aimbot. I think we need to give the hackers a bonus with a, an app called aimbot. I really do. What do you, I think, yeah. <laughs> I write think we that need down. Aimbot. Write that down. I've actually got my notepad out again because I'm doing. Hold stuff. on, roll it up here. So, aimbot okay. app. Aimbot. Yep. There we go. Hackers get a. Hackers are gonna get a, a, a app called aimbot now. Um, so, all right. Yeah. No, I think that's fun. Okay. So those are those are four more quick changes that we're gonna make to the game again to. Uh, the, the biggest thing that I'm trying to do with a lot of this stuff uh, is speed up combat. We have always wanted it to be fast. We don't want it to get too grindy. Uh, some players just don't like grind, but there is a lot of ways that uh, you need to. Sometimes combat's unavoidable. Yeah. It's just the way it is. So, 
They've already got aimbots for real rifles now. Yes, that is true. Cool. I think that's it on those particular changes. You want to talk about yeah. classes? Let's talk about classes. And this is, again, where I'm going to go back to fill in blanks for those that are curious about how we designed this game. And I, I imagine we're going to put this up on YouTube later. If you're watching this on VOD, maybe you can get some of this for your own designs. Um, when we first created the game, I think we had 12 classes, right? So much about that that early game, that early design period when we had 10 stats and 12 classes and the skill tree, right? The original skill tree, which actually the original skill tree, I think had 40 core skills. Yes, it was gigantic. I, I still actually have the original skill tree that we designed that I yeah. built in Vizio as <laughs> we were like going through, yeah. which Vizio, by the way, good, like preliminary design program. If, if you're not a big Photoshop, you know, Adobe person and you just need something to kind of like visualize shit on paper, I can't recommend Vizio enough. It's way cheaper and it's pretty simple to use. Um, we had like 12 and we ditched most of them. For a couple of reasons, here's the difficulty you run into when you're designing classes. Each class has to feel fundamentally different. Even when we had all the core skills and everything else, it was hard because there was a lot of overlap in a lot of the classes. Like we had a, uh, somebody just said in the chat, a celebrity class. We had one when we designed the game. The problem is, is that they were kind of a cross between a gutter punk and an operative, which at the time was called a, a, a corp, corp i think we called it just basically a corpo or something like that i think yeah yeah okay um and so basically it was like is this different enough from those other two classes to justify it and at the time we said no it's not and so we got rid of a lot of them thinking okay if you're you know Jenny, the, the RPG player, and you want to play a punk rocker, you can play a gutter punk, and for your core skills, or your even your skill choices under the current system, you can take music or, or other skills to represent that side of, of who you are. So you can build those types of classes under the current system, and that was why we got rid of a lot of them. Um, kind of looking it out, you know, it's it's updated slash do we do like a variant like kind of how we're talking about variant with skill tree do we do variant classes or a variant like advanced classes like the notes that sean has here and sean is way better at notes he starts all the notes and then i just kind of fill stuff in i'm like yes let's do all these things because <laughs> okay, he's far more organized than i am um i have to like be like tied to a chair and we've 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 used a palette of duct tape to get through the first book that's all i'm saying you know there's a lot of grindy writing where i was griping about i'm like i hate grindy writing like the the, i think the total word count's 115,000 words i think it's probably pretty close to 50 50 on word count for sean and i like but like i was bitching about it (laughs) i hate grindy writing (laughs) i was mad Um, yeah anyway so Sean's got one, and I, so this was one of the ones, and it's actually something from both Cyberpunk, the original tabletop game, and in Cyberpunk 2077, I think they left something on the table. It's something I like. So the first one I want to start with is not in the order that Sean wrote it, but just one of those that's cool is like a like a YouTuber, journalist, newsy type, right? Right? 
we've seen, especially now, a lot of the, the guerrilla media, like, that's a big thing. And you could use that from a story perspective to build out characters who are ex- exposed, right? Okay, because we've all seen that on a YouTube thumbnail more than once. Okay. What exposed. went wrong? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so I love that as a, as a character class, and I think it could fit under any of the three backgrounds. I think it's phenomenal. Um, so that may be an additional class. Um, greaser Mechanic Outrider, we have the Greaser... No, oh, this is this is um, so. In our notes, just to explain, I went through yeah. and added in, um, essentially versions for. So we so the way that you're creating the class for those those folks that are in the chat that know, but for those that may, that may watch this later that don't know, uh, you start by picking whether you're a fringer, which is basically somebody on inside a city, but in the underground, so not affiliated with a corporation. You uh, create a corpo, which is somebody that is affiliated with a corporation, working for one of them in some capacity. Uh, Or you uh, create an outrider. Um, And that person essentially... uh, That person is essentially somebody who is... A grounder. It's the grounder. grounder. Yeah, sorry, not the outrider. It's a grounder. It's somebody who lives off the land. They're outside of the city. They're off the grid. uh, Those kinds of things. So... What we did when we initially created the game was we said we locked out classes. We certainly, yeah, we locked out certain classes. Um, and as I go back and I think about this, some of that makes sense, and some of that I could see where we could have these classes go across all three as variants. Yeah. Um, and so as you're going through with some of these things, you would be like a greaser if you were a fringer, which is what Bunny Boy was. You'd be a mechanic if you were a corp, or you'd be the outrider if you were a grounder. Now, a lot of people gave us feedback that they didn't understand um, what the hell uh, a greaser and an outrider did differently. Uh, Alex is writing engineer question mark. That could also be one. I was thinking I'm more of- replace mechanic with engineer for a corpo background. Right. The only thing, the only thing about the engineer that is different than the mechanic is, is they're usually your mobility class, and that's why I, I took mechanic from there. But engineer could be yeah. one of the things too, because we got journalist, scientist, that sort of thing. Um, and so what we're trying to do is maybe collapse in one of the starting classes into uh, try the, the idea of classes. I guess let me do it this way: the idea of classes in a role-playing game is to give people a role even if it's going to be somewhat fluid because a lot of people end up playing dual roles, especially if you're in a small group, uh, everybody can heal to a degree if they want to have bring along, um, like patches or they have a healer's hand or something like that. Um, but the idea was basically to, to better define the roles within the game. We added the outrider just so that the grounder could have a prestige class to themselves. And then we got into playing things like ACS and we got into writing different scenarios, realizing that why wouldn't there be a medicine person, you know, <laughs> in a settlement? Of course, they're going to need a doctor somewhere. Um, and so the list of these that we're going through right now is we're essentially trying to get uh, one, you know, name for each of this, for each of the, the type of things. Um, we're not background locking classes. Right. And so that's essentially a way of saying like, uh, 
you can play this role like the the role is just comes by any type of name really but you play this particular role uh within the game um it doesn't matter where you and then your background really kind of helps you flesh out the story of how you got there and why you're doing it um and then you can kind of go from there so so to address kevin and chat <clears throat> Yes, prestige classes, and we usually, when we're talking about development, we usually call them like advanced classes. We've talked about it a whole bunch of times. Yes. And we have whiteboarded to death. Yes. Various permutations of what that would look like. Um, we've had a couple ideas that like feel right, but mechanically are difficult. The other issue with prestige classes is this, and this is something we've been seeing in a lot of just general gaming feedback. Most player groups are not making it past level 10. They're That's in all of RPG, by the way, like yeah. everywhere. I'm not, and I'm not talking about just Identico. I'm talking about in general, most, the vast majority of player groups do not make it past level 10. And so, there's been a lot of if you follow kind of the the threads in the different forums and different groupings of of tabletop rpg development there's been a lot of discussion in the last couple of years especially centered around DD, obviously because it's the you know the elephant in the room of how do you do high level campaigns how do you do this stuff yeah power you know, creep is real in all gaming hours you're still very vulnerable even at level 15 you're probably still gonna you know if you get shot you're still probably gonna fucking die the issue is that and again this whether it's DD or this the issues your player characters are dealing with should be different your player characters should not be probably run and gunning at level 16 right and if you actually look at um I'm going to go back to our player group stuff. Here we go. So if you look at the way that we put in the classes stuff, at level 13, 13? Yes. You become famous or infamous. And specifically what that is, is you now have a bigger spotlight on you, so you probably shouldn't be the trigger man yourself. If you're a crime guy, you should be running a, a gang or a syndicate. If you're a corpo, you should be a mid-level executive by this point, or even a high-level executive. You know, by the time you hit 18, when you get that powerful identifier, that powerful reputation, you shouldn't be doing combat or anything like that. Your your game style has changed fundamentally. So this is where we've kind of run into, and why we've 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 worked on developing advanced classes, and then we've kind of been like. Not to put too fine a point on it is, but is it worth the time? Yeah. You know, Sean and I both have limited, because again, we, in in a perfect world, and Sean and I have run the numbers, in a world where Sean and I can could quit our jobs or could have quit our jobs and worked Identico full-time and done nothing but Identico, probably a different story. Um, with, with time being the one thing we can't manufacture, we have to allocate where we put, yeah. the you know, we have to allocate our skill points if they were time. Yeah. I mean, it's really you know. kind of what it comes down to. Um, and, and make no mistake, in some ways, Identico is, is our jobs and things like that, right? Like, we treat this very, 
much like this is. is our job. This is but what we're going to do. Sadly, it doesn't off. pay our mortgages yet. Right. That's that is a difference between uh, that is a difference between a hobby and a side hustle. Is that the side hustle you would love to make your main job for the most part? Some people yeah. don't. Um, and a hobby is something you do because you love it. We love this, but we would also just love to be doing it all the time. All time. Because yep. we have a lot of ideas, just not a lot of time to execute on them. Yep. Um, so, Grandpa Joe's job is being sexy. Damn you are, right. You are a, you're Damn a sexy bastard, right. Joe. Um, so, if you... I mean, let us know in the chat if you like the idea of not gate locking classes anymore, and that may be something we throw into the errata slash, you know, variant rule book. I Um, I think, though, I think this is actually, it may not even just be an errata. I think what we're going to do is we'll probably end up making a YouTube video and or a post about ideas for running high level campaigns in cyberpunk worlds especially like ours because ours is not a traditional cyberpunk world it is more western than it is um uh, eastern inspired and stuff like that and so there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways of playing the game and and for instance uh phil in the chat is like playing a high level assassin high-end job puller lots of you know rp to prep the missions and stuff like that like exactly those are the types of things like and i'll use maxi as a great um I'll use Maxi as a great example with Maxi's day off. Now, I don't think they're quite that. I, what level are they in Chaos? Five? They're five. Five. Okay. We so, started them at five on purpose. Gotcha. So, Maxi is somewhere in between that moment, but like he, when he goes and runs a job, he went by himself, except for Felix, played by me. Um, <laughs> But we were doing it as very much a, like, this is an espionage mission. We know what we're going in. We're doing it. We're getting out. Like, you're there to not be seen. Um, And we didn't, (laughs) for the most part. We got in. We got out. We did our thing. We moved on, right? Um, Maxi, you know, we we do what we do, right? And so those sorts of things is kind of what you should be running at the higher level kind of stuff. You know, or you're going to... And the way I would kind of say it is that if you live fast, die young, you're going to live fast, die young in, in Identico. At least you should. Yes. Unless you have plot armor, which is, you know, only for Ahsoka. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're bringing that one back. Yeah, oh, Joe, you owe man. me that $10 now. Um, <laughs> but no, so like, but, but you know, in real instance, like, you, like I don't know if a lot of GMs are, are sort of trained up on how to run higher level games because a lot of times practice makes perfect. I did. It's like like you, you can see the storytelling at the beginning of ACS and the storytelling as you get to the end of ACS, and, you know, and you'll see it in chaos and you'll see it in, in the next projects that we're doing and stuff like that. It, you know, we're always just practicing. It's repetition. This is a muscle to tell a story. Oh, and yeah. and that's the thing. And so, uh, I think we're gonna do some tips on how to run it specifically. There's a ton of them on how to run it in high fantasy and stuff like that. Cool. Um, there's well, no elder actually, god to kill here. I'm, I'm gonna say, it seems to me, and this is just you know, amongst us cyberpunk lovers, the high fantasy crew are the ones I see struggling with it the most. Yeah, they really do. Um, there's a lot of um, I don't want to put this. Um, there is a a and you know, feel free to hit me with a tangent counter. Um, <laughs> You know, 
I so I don't play D&D anymore. And I've I've run one D&D session in the last 3 years and I've run like 3 in the last 5. Um one of them I did was for a friend of Sean and I's birthday. I ran my wife's first D&D session uh during COVID. Um using the Stranger Things box set that I bought her because I thought it was funny. Um, that's it. We were in. That was it. There, there is. That, that's all the D&D I run. And the, yeah. the problem with D&D right now is I don't feel like there's a lot of stories there. The community in D&D right now has a very distinct flavor to it, to how they're running games. And the types of people who are, are I'd say, the, the the plurality, the largest plurality of that community, just aren't, like Sean said, they don't have that muscle. They've never, due to circumstance largely, a lot of, again, like when you're an adult and you're grown up, like you move or you go off to college and then you leave college and then, you know, you get a job, but then you move to Chicago or what, you know, whatever. Most people don't end up in campaigns that go level one to 20. And so they just have no idea yeah. what that's supposed to look like. And it makes it really difficult. Cyberpunk's the same way in, in certain ways, but D&D, it's really a problem right now. And the other issue with D&D is you lock out a lot of story stuff just by the nature of the fact that it's fantasy, right? I love modern and cyberpunk style games because there's other stuff, other stories that I can tell that just aren't possible in a D&D game. They're just, they're not. They don't happen. They yeah. can't happen because there's no cell phones. Yeah. Um, you were actually making this comment last night because we almost did a new New World stream last night. You were making this comment. We were fishing outside yeah. of one of the settlements and... I forget what it was, but you were basically like, see, this is why I like cyberpunk over high fantasy. Cause I can just pick up a fucking phone and call somebody. <laughs> I think you were trying to get something for one of your settlements or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. I had to go somewhere. I'm like, God yeah. damn it. I got to walk all the way down here <laughs> to talk to a dude. Like, I don't want to talk to a dude. I want, <laughs> I want to just go talk to the dude. Okay. That's the thing that, that I like about it. And again, like I said, for me, and, and the chat's saying, D&D, good and evil are forces like gravity and electricity. And yes, that's a point that, again, go back and look at some of the tweet threads that I've made like a year ago about systems in Identico. I'm sorry, you, you imagine like that. that people can fucking find anything on Twitter from a year oh, yeah, ago? Come on now. That's a good point. I need to, I'll just read. Yeah. <laughs> running around the simulator. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll re-up those threads because the... The like strike said, uh, good and evil. And in fact, actually, sorry, if you're watching this later, go look at my pin thread. One of them is my pin thread, and I talk about systems on my account at Alex the Humanoid. And the thing is, is that I talk about the fact that the corporations don't necessarily think that they're evil, right? They yeah. are not the villains in their story, right? The player characters are the villains in their story, but to somebody else, they are. Like, you know, the chat saying good and evil are forces like gravity and electricity. That's not the case in Identico, right? And we talk about how, you know, with economic and social systems, the Corp, the Leo, all these people are upholding systems of oppression and bad things about this world that we've built. And 
you know, there are consequences for that. Yeah. Um, go watch our Chaos Ink stream. Like, that's that's something that's come up the last go. two sessions, which is the consequences of actions, which is something that, again, the reason I don't play D&D as much anymore, we just... The player characters are never confronted with it in the same way. Yeah. Right? When they go merc some monsters, nobody gives a shit. Correct. Right? In fact, they're hoisted on everybody's shoulders, and it's like, hey, you killed... Yeah. The uh, goblins. Yay. Right. <laughs> In consequences, give us more shit to shoot at later. Nice. Uh, um, In Chaos Inc. right now, they're dealing with the fact that one of the player characters made the decision to order a hit on someone in front of their family. Yeah. And they were, they were, person. it's a human. They were, they were purposely getting revenge classic classic rpg backstory a family member had been murdered and they were out for revenge and they they were given the opportunity in fact i believe uh i believe the name of the episode is calling the shot yeah it is and they did spoilers by the way uh but that's important when you think about like the long-term ramifications of it we've been dealing with that the ramifications of that for two episodes in that and I think it's, you know, it's what separates our game from a lot of other ones out there in that, you know, you're going to deal with some very real consequences that you almost have to manufacture in a lot of other games. And we got to the end of this at ACS as well. It's like the crew destroyed a building, but they didn't destroy Benevolent, the corporation. Mm-hmm. There was many ways to destroy the corporation, but all the team wanted to do, well, I'd say all, but... One of the things the team wanted to do was have that like fight club moment where the building's going down in the background. Uh, and they did. Sarah Jane paid the price. Ooh, and there's a bring that up. There's a lot. No, no. Well, maybe there's a lot going on there. And that's the thing is that <laughs> one of the things that, that, that Sean brought in with, with ACS was what did one of the NPCs do to everybody around him? That yeah. he thought in his mind was to protect his kid, right? Yeah. But he destroyed lives to get there. Yep. Right? And so that to kind of, you know, so so the, the characters had to deal with that. And in fact, earlier in the season, when it came out that this guy that all the that that half the group loved, right? Sidarian. Yep. Right? Who Eve and Cassie and everybody's like, oh, it's Daddy Z, and everybody likes Sidarian. And then it came out what a bad dude he was, and how much he was playing both ends against the middle. And there was this whole sequence of of Eve calling him out and going, wait a minute, you don't get to do this anymore. Yeah, right. That's not how this system's supposed to work. You're not supposed to to join them. And, and like Kevin, and I noticed that, and I've actually talked to some of your your players in the past. I know you guys founded Corpse. That's, you know, it's it's fight the man, become the man, found corpse. How does that affect where they came from and the people they're stepping over now well, to and, create their corpse? And, and are and, they, though? Because somebody's in the chat uh, talking about dynamic design, and it's the person who uh, created it. Yeah, and, and it originally came from a different game that we were playing, where it we was were just a fun using, concept. It was just a fun concept, but we were using that in that game as a front. So there's another there, there's other ways to kind of make it look more legitimate too, and I think that's the interesting sort of thing. Um, 
the ethical and philosophical questions have been super fun to role play. Absolutely. And, and I that's, think that's the whole point of the game when you get to it is you want to have, yes, it's fun. You know, Chaos Inc. has a certain look to it. Angel City Stories has a certain look to it. The next game, which doesn't have a we'll code have name at the moment, will have its own yeah. look because I've already been kind of messing with it and stuff like that. Um, you know, like it's a super flexible system with that. But what we want to do and we don't offer the heroes welcome in our game. And that's not to say you can't play the hero, because again, in D&D, everybody thinks you're going to go slay a bunch of monsters and then you're the hero. Mm -hmm. Side pan a little bit. Right. Well, yeah, no, but it's like side pan. Well, you never defeat. That's don't even get me started. I hate that fucking module. It's the stupidest fucking thing they've ever created. Um, side pan. All right, you go kill a bunch of kobolds in a cave. Side pan over to the left, and you realize that kobold had a you know a wife and kids. Like now you're the villain in their story, which by the way is a really funny way to come back with level twenty kobold at the end and start fucking with some shit. Just leaving that little nugget out there for anybody who makes it that far in a mm -hmm. D&D campaign with me. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, like there's there's not a lot of that complexity there when it comes from an RP moment. And I think that's the thing that we've been trying to get with a lot of the classes and stuff is just give you a little bit of starting point to a background. And the, the background of the, you know, the Fringer, the Corp, and the Grounder, you know, and the background and the, the classes all just give you a stepping stone to whatever it is you want to do. Um, you know, and that's sort of the thing is everybody, there is no morality. You're not going to have chaotic evil in our game, right? That's the whole point. There is, everything is going to have some, some gray in there. Um, and so with that, that was a very long, you could tangent us if you want to, cause that was a very long step away from I the think, actual class. I, I think we're still on topic for identical. I think so. Yeah. Um, I just don't... Okay, so the Strahd thing. All right. Um, so the fact that you can never kill Strahd, spoiler alert, uh, he just comes back to life, written in the book, I think is the dumbest thing ever. You should be able to just kill Dracula <laughs> and just be done with it. And for the love of all things holy in this world, just those poor people in Barovia, <laughs> let them be. Also, if you haven't seen Castlevania on Netflix, it's really good. So, so this is where the comparison I want to make is TV and movies. And and D&D &D is a movie, and I want to think of Identico as a TV show. And I'll explain what I mean by that. And Sean's heard me make this comment before, right? With, with movies, with a two-and-a-half-hour movie, there's only so much you can explore, right? And we've seen lately, like, let's take the MCU, right? With Loki and WandaVision and Cal... Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they could do these such deeper dives into character and motivations and the the aftermath of these things, right? With Falcon and the Winter Soldier, what happened when everybody got snapped back? Oh, yeah. crap. These people were gone for five years, and now we got three and a half billion more people on the planet that we have to feed. Shit. Logistics, right? How do we handle this, right? You can't do that effectively in a film. And I think that that's, and again, I, I, I'm not saying it's bad. So all you D&D, CR, all you fucking stands, please don't come for me. <laughs> right? okay. You just called them, boy. Okay. Damn, son. There is a limitation to what D&D &D is designed to do. Yeah. Right? 
when you're dealing with stuff like this, I like to think of Identico uh, conversely like a TV show. With Chaos Sync, they move pretty slow and they kind of like roll through their stuff. Like I'm saying as far as like how many days pass in one session. Um, but they really deep dive into what the fuck's happening around them and why. And yeah. I think it's been, it's it's one of those things that that helps them, that helps differentiate what we're trying to do here. Yeah. And again, and I'm like, why is it hard to run high level D&D campaigns? Because the basic design concept of D&D is monster bad, go find monster, <laughs> yeah. kill monster, Get go, loot and go through and go through dungeon to get loot. Right. That's the that's, other, that's the other sort of thing. That is the the and again whether the dungeon's above ground, below ground, however that dungeon is designed. Yeah. That's the design concept. That's what you're doing. Okay? That's the idea. Rescue the duke's daughter. All right? Do this thing. Pathfinder's pretty much the same way. You know, there's not a lot of politics to it. You know, yeah. and so, and it's, and again, so that's what I said. And I'm not saying like it's bad. I'm saying it's a movie. It's just not designed to deep dive certain things that we highly encourage people to, to deep yeah. dive in our game. Well, and we, we put it in the back in the GM section on how to design, you know, episodes, chapters, you know, in seasons, right? And uh, we show it every week when we do a stream. Um, and we, we really believe in getting those RP moments for everybody when it comes down to it. That's that's the biggest thing for us. Um, so the uh, so the sidebar that we just went on for a little bit is is to kind of think through uh, a few more classes because what we think that this is going to do is continue to set up more types of missions and things that people can go on. Um, and Alex is copying something on the uh, sheet i was highlighting and thinking oh okay it doesn't do, highlight on my side so um, do you want to yeah good good so this brings us to and if you've been watching acs at Cassic, you know we brought in mutants yes and we haven't really nailed down just to let you all know whether it's going to be a class or like just a modification to a character i imagine it's probably more going to be a modification to a character like cybernetics correct is is the direction we're leaning we've yep. done some preliminary math on it i in fact i had to reset the design stuff over to mallow i think like a week ago because we we're like he was like where did you put that in our folders because <laughs> we have to reorganize our dropbox because it's full of <laughs> stuff with a lot of old done. stuff yeah um yes so mutants are good um, stat plus or minus. Um, go further than that, Kevin, and I'll send you some stuff yep. uh, through Discord. Um, again, watch Chaos Inc. Like, mutants have abilities, and there's there's three primary, call it origins, for where mutations can come from. And so, you know, um, we are bringing that in. It has been revealed. Um, more to follow on that. Um, but yes, so don't think it's going to be a class, but if you guys have any suggestions or anything like that, like, hey, we want to see this, let us know. Yeah. So because of that, and this is what makes, this is what gives us another layer of flavor on the game too, because um, building out a couple of cults and occult ideas. Yes, that, that also kind of where it comes into play too. Um, 
the sixth sanctum was a little bit more of an occult kind of thing where they were you know they worship cybernetics in in a, a made-up machine god um that um we have there's a whole backstory to several godlike entities that are actually within the identical universe um and so that's funny transhumanism just started playing when i started talking about godlike entities Gosh. hell yeah um and so there's there's a lot there to play with in, in those kind of things. We've held back on some of this stuff because we wanted to introduce it into stories and things. Um, but what you're going to see in of Monsters and Men, which is now you kind of understand why it's named what it's named um, after the first session uh, or the first you know part of the adventure, um, you kind of see a little bit of where it comes from and how it works in the game. Um, and so the mutant stuff will come in that expansion we're not going to necessarily put it in the errata right now um because we're working on actively the math and stuff like that behind it um and playing you know we're play testing it kind of in real time with chaos inc um so that stuff will come at the end of on monsters and man which is still you know being actively created don't worry um you know and so with the you know that's a type of class you could do and then also means you could still be a fringer a corp or a, a grounder you would just there's a backstory to how you became a mute you know yep um our one of our players is working on mutating the planet with soda dear god they're brought back surge you know i i <laughs> every time i hear about y'all's campaign it it gives me a good chuckle because you guys go hard <laughs> like there's like i remember sean and i went down to olympia and your players were telling us about like plans upon plans like you guys go hard mm -hmm. like it's impressive <laughs> i also see all the out of game rp you guys do on your discord and so thank you for inviting me to that just so i can kind of work sometimes because i watch your quancoms and i'm like wow they're just everywhere everywhere stuff's <laughs> going on so, so kind of with that right um one of the classes we want to introduce uh alex has talked about so i've called it just a tuber um, you know, it could be a VTuber or something like that. A journalist and a newsie. Uh, newsie is an old school kind of uh, word for it. And that would be your grounder class. Your journalist would obviously be uh, working for a corp journalist. Uh, and your tuber would be somebody that's that's doing this sort of guerrilla journalism kind of thing. Um, the other one that we want to introduce is a street doc. So a street doc scientist and herbalist uh, for our grounder Uh so that would be one uh, alongside that we would have uh, some more. Uh, we've got some skills for healing. Um, you know, we've got so uh, on that name, um, mainly because of uh, where I think we want to take this kind of thing. Right. Like with a with a street doc, like you want them inventing. And we had this in the uh, we had this a little bit further up in the chat tonight. Uh, hackers writing programs, actually learning how to create things. I think that is a, is technically possible. Alex and I have talked about that and like giving some instructions of like how a hacker could assemble something. I think um, we put some preliminary stuff in the book. I think we did, but I think we've learned a little bit of, a little bit better about how we can explain that. Same kind of thing when we yeah. talk about medicine and stuff like that, right? Um, media head bald runners. <laughs> um, the other one would be adding a Leo to uh, to the underground. 
so Leo is uh, available to as a marshal out in the grounder. Um, Private Eye or Gumshoe. We, we kind of like the word Gumshoe right now. Uh, as somebody who could be a private detective uh, in the fringe. So that opens mm-hmm. up an entirely new type of play. You know, we've had a lot of it where, like, Titus was a former Leo. Like, he was a former marshal. Um, and now he was in the sort of in the fringe um, and stuff like that. But now we sort of kind of want to give a little bit more uh, depth and uh, design to that part of the character. Uh, so they can take it. Um, in the fridge. It's just more of a private detective sort of piece to it. But that opens up a whole nother type of, of you know, campaign you could run with people. Um, it'd be a lot of fun. I originally had written uh, a campaign that starts out basically where you are playing a private detective and the campaign continues to go on until you start to uncover secrets and things like that, right? There's a whole series there. Uh, about being a private eye in a cyberpunk city city trying to solve you know crime essentially try to solve murders try to uh do things right um for there uh we added uh we have mercenary which is kind of across the whole the whole spectrum but just to give everybody some uh, a bit of a chance to play we got vigilante for the uh, fringers we got mercenary Mm -hmm. for the corpse uh we got outlaw for uh, the grounders, because we ran into a Labata of Outlaws actually in ACS. It seems like it fits really well for that whole kind of piece. Um, so that's just a quick update we'll make in the in the in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, Rover uh, is still the corp version of this. Um, that is where it came from. Was you know fighting in mercenaries and stuff like that. Uh, I've come up with a couple of ideas in Chromie uh, for the. For the fringers so technically uh joe's character would be a chromie because um, he's a fringer robot um and a mech pilot uh for the grounders out there because if you think I about you think about it it'd be a little bit different alex isn't cool with that name i think no 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 i'm i'm thinking about about muffins and whether muffins is is really a chromie or whether muffins is just a corporate sellout Ooh, or the well, opportunity. No, so here's the other thought about it too: is he could be a mech pilot because of where he came from in Damascus too. I'm just saying, like, yeah. Muffin seems like a corpse sellout to me. Him and Zed are having fun together. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who's paying me more. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, one of the ones that we're having that well, that I haven't been able to come up with. We want to we want to create an operative class for everybody. Uh, currently, the mm-hmm. operative is. Uh, is your face, it's your talker, uh, it's your uh, intelligence operative, so to speak, right? Um, we want to create that for each th- of the three backgrounds from there. Um, face is, a, is an obvious one for the underground, um, but if you have ideas or options for that, throw them in the chat. We'd love to build that out, especially what would be the, what would be your like town leader, so to speak, uh, in a grounder situation? Like who would be your talker? Um, for that, um, I almost had Town Crier as the journalist at one point too. Um, hackers are hackers in the fringe. Uh, in the corp section, we have it just as infosec. Uh, I also uh, lovingly call them sock puppets. Um, and out in the wastes, um, it'd be like a technomancer because. Out mm-hmm. there, hacking looks like fucking magic. 
It might as well be uh, to a bunch of grounders. Um, and then the last one that we, we don't have a ton of ideas on in terms of the, the grounder version for this, but um, the, uh, the gutter punk was its own fringe class. Uh, I feel like the gutter punk in the, uh, in the corporate world would be the intern. <laughs> Kind of fitting. Yeah, maybe we'll see. We'll see if that name sticks, but we also need a name for it in the grounder perspective. So essentially that adds a few classes. It helps fill out the classes. We no longer background lock the classes uh, going forward. Uh, so you do get a true sense of uh, player agency and player choice uh, going into the game. So uh, let us know what you think. Uh, drop us a line here in the chat in Discord. Uh, have a think about it. Uh, if you'd like, you can also hit us up on YouTube uh, or on, sorry, on Twitter or, or on YouTube. You can leave drop, drop comments on the YouTube uh, for this as well. It would actually help us if you would drop comments on YouTube. Yeah, that would also make me actually have to come up with an intro and stuff like that for this and throw please, it on YouTube. Please, so. please help us because the algorithm on YouTube doesn't like us right now. Well, I mean, it doesn't hate us either. So well, just saying it's not Ultron, thankfully. Comments. Yep. <laughs> Gutter Leave punk. comments, rated us on Drive Through RPG, and yeah. all that stuff. Actually, believe it or not, like it seems bloody dumb, but believe it or not, like YouTube comments, rating us on Drive Through RPG, leaving reviews on Drive Through, like that all actually really does help other people find the game. Yeah. Cool. Well, I appreciate that bit. Yes, I appreciate that. Um, I think that's all we have in terms of uh, new stuff. In terms of new stuff. Uh, a quick note about uh, the next game. So uh, we will still have some version of Identico After Dark. Uh, it will not be on Wednesdays at this time. We're going to run a normal game at our Wednesday slot like we oh. do. Um, we are forming a cast right now. Um, we are actually uh, safe to say we're still taking, uh, we're still looking for a couple of folks. Uh, so if you have some ideas and options, toss them our way. Um, we're always looking for new people to play with, um, making sure that it fits the right, you know, group and stuff um, like that. Yeah. Um, if they can put up with my bullshit, that's always a plus. Um, Although you're not running this one, so now they have to put up with my bullshit. No, but you you get me as a player, so I have even less rules to deal with. That's uh, true. <laughs> I don't. I I just get to host and hand it off. That's all I have to do. <laughs> and roll dice when you tell me to. That's all I yep. have to do with this. So, um, but yeah. So uh, the idea with that particular one too is that we're going to hopefully have it hopefully uh, in a few weeks. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to say a few because uh, as we get folks uh, in who want to play, we do want to do a session zero. We kind of do all the back behind the scenes stuff. I do a bunch of production. I spend a lot of time making these backgrounds and all this, you know, stuff. It's, it's fancy stuff. It's fun. All I our like intros. It. Yeah. All the intros, all the music, stuff like that. Um, all that stuff, you know, made with love because I think it makes a better, uh, a better program. It makes us have a lot more fun. So, um, but so in a few weeks, that's when we want to kick it off. Uh, so stay tuned to all the socials, Discord, everything. We'll uh, we'll keep you updated from there. Um, but yeah, if you know of somebody who would like to play, 
Um, we are uh, always looking at a diverse cast. That's our biggest kind of thing here is uh, there yep. is uh, a lot of the diversity helps with role play. And that's the best part because you got a lot of different opinions. You got a lot of different play styles that come together. And my favorite thing is watching and playing that out in real time because I think it makes for great uh, entertainment. So uh, let us know uh, if you've got some folks that, that you'd like to see us play with uh, and you can reach out to them or make some connections for us. We'd love that. Um, I think that's all we got for this week, right? We covered everything. So, yep, I think so. Let us know if you like these Identico After Dark Um podcast thingies shows right. us we just were, talking with you we were we were fiddling with concepts like this back in february march time frame when we were in the middle of acs and stuff like that also it was just obviously we're all coming out of covid i was getting ready to quit my job it turned into a chaos come if out you of like if you like these shows and you would like to see more of them or would like to see us do other stuff let us know we will like we just show want to know that people actually like yeah. want like yeah, if you've got a topic, you're like, hey, we'd like to see you two riff for ninety minutes on, yeah, if the you, business it, of tabletop. Like, Alex really to. wants to do more on the business of tabletop, and I kind of like if there's a way that we can do it in such a way too that um, I would love to like uh, maybe even pitch with other designers that are out there mm-hmm. and talk systems with them and talk about the business with them and stuff like that. So if you have folks that are out there that are designing tabletop games that know uh other designers that would like to talk about specifically about the business we got a lot of talk about people that can come in and pitch their stuff and you know maybe talk about game design theory love to do that as well but Mm -hmm. specifically we've been thinking about doing one about the business of tabletop because we've studied it for a long time it's it's a passion project of ours uh we also find that it's very important because we want tabletop role playing in all of its forms even in dnd We want it to all to grow because we want a lot of people to out there to have a lot of fun. So, um, I, not not gonna lie, I should really try to bounce logistics off you guys more. Bring it on. Um, you should. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So I think it'd be one of those things. Like, let's let's chat with that. Keep giving us ideas. Uh, let us know uh, some people that we can reach out and talk to as well. Um, and until next time, uh, be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. Uh, drink your water. Take your vitamins. Uh, I did my due diligence wildling to say that. Um, and uh, don't be a dick. There's a lot of that going on out there. And honestly, it's not needed. Criticism is fine, but don't take it too far. Okay? Yeah. Seriously. Seen a lot of that lately, especially in gaming over the past couple of days. Oh, yeah. Just simmer it out. We're all here to play games. We're back games. in one of those cycles again. Yeah. We're back here trying to have some fun. Let's everybody lift each other up because at the end of the day, technically everybody wins. It's an RPG. There is no losers really. So let's just think about it that way. All right. Yep. All right. Be good. We love you. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Ah! Good night, y'all.